This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. NVIDIA became the first chipmaker to hit a valuation of $1 trillion. Shares rose more than 4% on Tuesday after the company's chief executive announced the creation of a new AI supercomputer platform that will help other tech firms build generative AI models. NVIDIA, which designs the semiconductors of choice for many AI servers, is one of several chipmakers to cash in on the AI gold rush. Russia's defense ministry blamed Ukraine for a drone attack in Moscow, which damaged several buildings. Ukrainian officials denied direct involvement. All the drones were intercepted, Russia said, although two people were injured. The attack came as Russia launched a third round of strikes in 24 hours on Kyiv, Ukraine's capital, following a rare daytime attack on Monday. Residents of Seoul awoke to sirens and evacuation alerts after North Korea launched what South Korean military brass suspect was a, quote, space launch vehicle. Less than an hour later, the South Korean government said the messages were a, quote, erroneous issuance. Japan briefly activated its missile alert system in the Okinawa region. North Korea said this week that it intends to launch its first military satellite into orbit by June 11th. Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of Theranos, a failed blood-testing startup, began serving her 11-year sentence at a prison in Texas. Ms. Holmes was found guilty in 2022 of defrauding Theranos' investors. The firm was valued at more than $9 billion before it imploded. Sonny Balwani, a former Theranos executive and Ms. Holmes' ex-boyfriend, was also convicted for his role in the scheme. Elon Musk, Tesla's boss, met Ching Gang, China's foreign minister, in Beijing during an unannounced visit to the country. Mr. Musk said that the electric vehicle company opposes, quote, decoupling from China and is willing to expand business there, according to a statement by the country's foreign ministry. Tesla recently announced that it would open a second battery factory in Shanghai. A court in Germany sentenced Hanno Berger, a lawyer linked to the cum scandal, to a further eight years in prison for tax evasion. Mr. Berger had already been found guilty in December of 2022 of three counts of aggravated tax evasion. Officials believe that the scandal, the country's biggest post-war tax fraud, cost German taxpayers billions of euros. South Africa will grant diplomatic immunity to officials attending two upcoming BRICS summits. The move could allow Vladimir Putin, who is wanted by the International Criminal Court, to attend a meeting for the bloc of big emerging economies in August. But a South African foreign affairs spokesperson said that this would not supersede, quote, any warrant issued. And figure of the day, 10.7 million, the number of posts deemed hate speech by Facebook in the latest quarter. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. India's economy looks rosy, for now. Data released on Wednesday will probably show that India remains a bright spot in a failing global economy. Analysts expect India's GDP to have expanded by 5% annually in the first three months of the year, up from 4.4% in the previous quarter. That would make India the fastest-growing large economy in the world, with growth for the 2022-23 fiscal year exceeding 7%. Yet the headline figure masks frailties. 
For one, the growth is failing to generate jobs. Unemployment has risen steadily this year, touching 8% in April, according to the Center for Monitoring Indian Economy, a research outfit. In February, India's government announced a big splurge on roads and other infrastructure, but private sector investment remains lackluster. Growth has been much slower in rural areas, where demand is subdued and wages stagnant, and other challenges loom. In the coming months, the return of El Nino could mean a drier monsoon. That will hurt farmers, hinder growth, and reignite inflation. Russia's Cowardly Missile Campaign In recent weeks, Russia has stepped up its bombardments of Ukrainian cities. Between May 1st and May 30th, there were 17 strikes on Kiev, the capital. The attacks were mostly carried out at night, though on Monday, Russia launched a rare daytime strike, too. Analysts think that the Kremlin is trying to exhaust Ukraine's air defenses. In April, leaked American documents suggested that Ukraine could be running short of crucial air defense munitions. Still, Russia's targeting of civilians is a sign of weakness. A recent report from the Center for Strategic and International Studies, a think tank, concludes that Russia's ultimate aim is to weaken Ukrainian morale, thereby forcing the government to seek peace. If that is the intention, the strategy is failing. On Tuesday, a drone attack on Moscow, Russia's capital, damaged several buildings. Ukrainian officials denied direct involvement, but also said they expected the number of such attacks to increase. Ukraine shows little sign of cowering under Russia's bombardment. America's Debt Ceiling Tightrope A deal to suspend America's debt ceiling, hammered out over the weekend, faces a big hurdle on Wednesday, when it is expected to come to a vote in the House of Representatives. Republican negotiators have claimed victory in the agreement to cap most federal spending over the next two years in return for allowing the government to resume borrowing cash. But some Republicans, especially from the right-wing fringes of the party, think they gave up too much and will vote against the deal. Senior Republicans predict there could be up to 60 defections, meaning Democrats would have to deliver enough support in the House for the bill to make it to the Senate, where opponents are likely to tie it up in procedural delays. That could take America perilously close to June 5th, when the Treasury has said that the government may run out of funds. If there are any legislative hiccups along the way, fears about a debt ceiling disaster will flare up again. China's Stalling Recovery China's post-COVID reopening this year was supposed to be world-shaking. Instead, it is looking merely shaky. After economic data for April fell short of expectations, the stock market faltered, bond yields narrowed, and China's currency fell. Investors are now anxiously awaiting the numbers for May. On Wednesday, China's National Bureau of Statistics will publish its monthly purchasing managers' indices, based on surveys of firms. 
Last month, the manufacturing PMI unexpectedly fell below 50, suggesting that activity shrank compared with the previous month. Most forecasters expect a similar reading for May. China's non-manufacturing PMI, which covers construction as well as services, will be better than that, but perhaps not as strong as it was in April. The risk of a double-dip slowdown in the economy is rising, argues Ting Lu of Nomura, a bank. That would normally prompt the government to cut interest rates or increase investment to revive the economy. But since the government set a modest growth target of only around 5% this year, it may be in no hurry to respond. A Photographic Portrait of the Arctic The Arctic Circle is warming three to four times faster than the global average. As the sea ice shrinks, polar maritime routes are emerging. And as the Arctic becomes more navigable, competition is intensifying for its hydrocarbons and undersea resources. Gregor Saylor, an Austrian photographer, has spent five years in Arctic countries, including Canada, Iceland, and Norway, documenting the transformation of the far north. His images are on display in Polar Silk Road, a new exhibition at the Natural History Museum in London. Geothermal power stations, research facilities, and even a NATO air defense system appear ghost-like against the tundras, Yet the disquieting calm in each picture belies the bristling tensions in the region that the show explores. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is anathema to the other Arctic countries, which are now all members of NATO apart from Sweden, which is trying to join the alliance. The frosty geopolitics even seeps into the art world. Mr. Saylor was not allowed to include several photos of military sites in the show, owing to the sensitivity of the subject matter. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Wednesday. Which 2011 book by Daniel Kahneman outlines the ways that human decision-making cannot be rational? Tuesday. Which acronym is used for the military headquarters of the NATO alliance? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Elizabeth Blackwell, who died on this day in 1910. If society will not admit of a woman's free development, then society must be remodeled. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.